Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So maybe we should have talked about who was going to uh, start this. <laughs> she who jinxes the team shall be the one who starts the podcast. Uh, I was just saying to Pat and Patrick that I knew as soon as the words came out of my mouth last episode that I was looking forward to Florida beating Tampa. As soon as the words left my mouth, I knew Tampa would beat Florida in the series. And just despite me, just despite me, those jerks. Um, although I, I do have to say that that I found over the past few years of doing the the bracket that I tend to do really well in the first round, and then the second round everything falls apart on me, and by the third round I'm completely out. So, so I'm not entirely surprised either. <laughs> My bracket remains flawless. <laughs> sure it does. <laughs> There's not a drop of ink on the paper. The absence of information is still information, and my information is also flawless. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, refuse hey. to, I refuse to do a bracket based on the fact that I hate the playoff format. So this is this is me standing up to the man by not contributing to the yeah i know it's pointless <laughs> but damn it it's my hill and i'm gonna die on it i respect that it's okay <laughs> but hey the florida panthers finally scored on the power play Let, let's give them a nice tap on the back as they uh, try not to get swept <laughs> oh no it, it'll, oh mm-hmm. we got to get one more home game right Usually the higher seed does the gentleman sweep merely because, hey, it's extra, you know, date of uh, revenue for the team. One extra playoff gate makes the world a difference. Um, I have an off-the-wall question as I'm wandering through my house. The reverb reverb that you're hearing is going to be changing throughout this episode. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Does Vinny... And companies still own the Panthers? Yes. The Violas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do. And the reason I'm asking this is because we spent probably, what, a good two, two and a half years, um, I won't say mocking them, but admiring their Melnickyisms for constantly getting in their own way. Have you heard anything from them in the last two years? No. Mm-mm. And nothing from Doug Sifu, who, you know, used used to go on. I don't know if he still I don't know if he sold his his share in the team or what. But that is that's weird, isn't it? Huh? It's almost like once, they got out of their own way. Kind yeah, of once, there, once you kind of figure out, oh, I really don't know what I'm doing either. Let's uh Let's just find someone that does, and lo and behold, stuff kind of turns around for our team very quickly. So, yeah, I was just, sorry, Cassie, I was just sort of sitting here looking at the Panthers going, I have not heard diddly nor squat from the ownership group in quite some time. No, no 
Ubergate went after firing a head coach or bemoaning this or that. So good on him. So the uh, and I can never remember what the actual name is for this particular uh, award. Um, but the the head coach of the year nominees came out for the NHL. And once again, Cooper is not on that list. <laughs> the, the, Scotty Bo- the Scotty Bowman Award? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to confirm what I remember is true. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's Jack Adams. The only one that they've really renamed is the, the Bill Torrey Award and the Ted Lindsay. No, no, Everyone I meant... Does it. Yeah, so... The, so Andrew Burnett was named one of the three finalists for the Jack Adams Award, which mm-hmm. made me wonder, um, does this mean that, that Joel Quinnbill is irrelevant? And or does this mean that the makeup of the players on the team matter more than the actual coach? I'll just sit back and let you discuss. Yes. And yes. And also, yes. Okay, good. Nice discussion. Thanks, guys. <laughs> to, to a degree. To a degree. I think someone said it best is... Um, uh, uh, cramp. <laughs> the Squirrel? Internet. Like it's you, the internet. <laughs> no, they, they said it best when they said that thing that you all are thinking right now that relates to this very discussion and a hundred percent of you are right about it because that's exactly the comment I was going for. If you go into our back catalog, we have said it at least 57 times. <laughs> you'll find the episode. You'll know which one. <laughs> but you, you'll have to slide through the whole thing to find them. That's, that's. Oh, the absolutely. Trick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Isn't that more fun, though? Because you played at two and a half times speed, you know? Uh, so you sound like chipmunks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I probably sound better as a chipmunk, honestly. And and I've really toyed with the idea of just speaking like this so that people who play at higher speeds would, you know, it'd sound normal. <laughs> or you can go full NHLPA announcer voice. <laughs> no, no, you were saving that till later. <laughs> oh no, that was just a warm-up exercise. Oh, I am saving good. that for later. Good. Um, so no, back to Andrew Burnett and the Florida Panthers. Because uh, I've always believed that that it's really more the players that matter than the head coach that is involved. Although the head coach does something, otherwise they wouldn't get paid. But. <laughs> But, you know, so so it's one of those things where it's like, well, if you take Cooper out of Tampa and put him, you know, say in Phoenix, would he have the same sort of success? No. And so um, so I just it was just one of those like what this says something. I know this says something. What does this say? Um, I think it says that there are some teams that don't require a lot of coaching other than setting some strategies and maybe, you know, defining four checks and, you know, 
offensive type pressure putting a framework in place exactly and then letting the play and getting out of the player's way and then just keeping the players motivated and then there are coaches that are there are teams that require coaches that are x and x's and o's guys because they've got a lot of players that aren't comfortable playing without direction being given to them Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, I, I think it is a mix on a staff. So, yes, like we have always joked about, you know, that the first Avalanche team won despite Mark Crawford, because Crawford <laughs> did everything he apparently could to try and get that team to lose, um, and they just ignored him and went on their merry way. Mm-hmm. And then there are teams that I think the coach imparts himself through more X's and O's and they find success, not cup winning success generally, but they find success. And I'm looking specifically at Barry Trotz. Mm-hmm. So I think you've got a, I think you've got a spectrum, right? You've got the guys that are just there to be motivators. Gerard Gallant has repeatedly said, I'm just a motivator. The other guys take care of the other stuff type thing. Mm-hmm. And then there, are, and at the other end of the spectrum, there is the control strategic. Freaks. I won't call them control freaks, but they're the strategic people. They're all control freaks at the end, Cassie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the 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 strategy geeks, you know, the the kind of Scotty Bowman get into every little detail. You know, we're going to work on you know this particular thing, and somewhere in between, you know. So I don't think I don't think they're as irrelevant. But I think if you've got a coach of a similar style going into a similar constructed team, like we had with Andrew Brunette, that transition becomes seamless. Now, granted, he also didn't have any time to impart any of his tendencies upon the team because he had to, you know, pick up what was basically tossed in his lap, but... Well, I guess really the question I have for this is that should there be an NHL? I mean, there would be because why not, right? But should there be an NHL head coach award or should it just be a general manager award for putting together an appropriate mix of players that will allow them to win? Should there be coaching awards in any in all of sports probably not and i think you could say the same thing for general manager it's really the their prize is did you win the championship or not mm-hmm. because it's some combination of the two or a group of individuals kind of influencing and getting the most out of a roster of players does the fact that they're going to vote at the end of the current round, second round of the playoffs, they're actually going to vote on the GMs. And how much do you want to bet it's going to be a couple of the guys that their teams just happen to continue to be playing? Because, oh, look, that's what they've done since they've made this silly award. Are they actually voting? I thought all the voting for all of the awards had to be done by the end of the season. No, the GM of the year award is different because, of course, it is. This is the mm-hmm. NHL. Mm-hmm. We set a we set a standard, and then we the, we have to have an exception. Yes, we have to have our loopholes. 
I think that's part and partial because they want to see what teams. And now I'm not going to try and make an excuse for it. To hell with it. It's stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> and also, a one-year award for a GM is just like, okay, whatever. You know, some guy steps into a GM role, makes one trade, and that team wins the Stanley Cup. Okay, well, where's the award for the guy that did the work for the prior four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years that built that roster to get them to the point that the trade the other guy made, which likely would have also been made by the guy that you just fired, would have resulted in the I mean, it's just, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, but then that certain individual went to Florida and things got messy. Not that I'm thinking about specific instances here. Of course not. <laughs> I'm looking specifically. I don't think he won the award that year. But I'm specifically looking at Brian Burke, who, to his credit, said, you know, this was all, you know, Murray's team. I just, you know, went and made a move that Brian Murray was going to do anyway. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, sometimes how, how, it, it it does take actually doing a thing because you know these guys love to sit on their hands. Some do, yeah, you know. But I mean, what kind of rocket science do you need to sit there and go, huh? Scott Niedermayer is available. I wonder if we should sign him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just throw money at him until he says yes. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like, let's look at my roster. What am I missing? I'm missing a puck moving, def- an elite puck moving defenseman. This Niedermeyer guy. Yeah, no, I don't think I need that. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know that there were guys who did that, though. <laughs> I, I, I know. You know that there were. You know that there were guys going, yeah, I don't really have anything to, no, I don't have room for him. Oh, well, because these are, these are the same guys. <laughs> these are the same guys that tie their shoes together in the morning and can't figure out why they're tripping all the time. Mm-hmm. Failing up is a is an NHL tradition. <sighs> Dear God in heaven, it's not just the NHL. Anyway, it's not. <laughs> but enough about men. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, are we ready to talk about uh, Swedish women's hockey? Sure. So apparently they're going to <clears throat> do the thing of uh, allowing body checking Woo-hoo. next season. Or they're going to experiment with the rule. I don't know if this is a finalized decision, but it, it you know, made a couple waves in the past week because uh, the hockey's been meh. In the East, and that's where we get all our information from, is East Coast Biased Media. Mm-hmm. hmm Just because I live on the East Coast doesn't mean I have to like it. Who do nothing but bemoan 10 o'clock start time because it's too late for us to stay up to watch your game. You're a reporter. By and large, most of you are reporters. What is your job? Right. Right. And what are your, do you actually have Do you ha- eight, oh, nine, nine to five hours? I don't think so. Oh, but I've got young children and they wake me up early. Okay. Welcome to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And look, yeah. some of us fall asleep during the East Coast games too. Get over yes. it. <laughs> I do because generally they're bore the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up refreshed after my what is that? What is it called? My nap. <laughs> so so this, back to women's body checking. <laughs> so the SDHL, 
is going to allow what they're calling a pilot program to allow certain types of hits basically along the boards. No open ice hit hitting. Which essentially they're just giving the green light for stuff that's already going on. Um, kind of. Well, they're 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 giving them the green light for stuff that's kind of already going on and allowing them to do it more. Obviously. Vicarious, not vicariously. Um, Deliberately. No, that's the other. It's I'm looking for the other V word. Um, God, ignore me. <laughs> All so, I got is vitalogy, and I know that's not the right word. No. So, so for all of the people who who are like thinking, well, why does women not have body check? Well, body, body checking in hockey. I have been. I was told when I was playing that it was because. Um, and yes, this does. This is a possibility for men too. But God forbid, we all know what's going on with people who think too much about uteruses. But. Um, the idea was that a woman might get a stick in her lower abdomen and not be able to have children, and that's why body checking is not allowed. That's what I was told. Even though there's protective gear for all of that, just like there is for men, and just and that would also be a possibility for men as well, eh, who cares about men? It's all about women and protecting their ability to have children. So that's, uh, that was the deal. And all women do know how to body check. We are all taught. We all know how. We play against bantam boys when we can't find women's teams nearby. Sometimes they allow checking. And so if there's an agreement before the games, whether there's body checking or not, usually there is. Um, So it is a thing. It is not allowed in international competition, which is why the PHF decided that they were not going to include it. That was a discussion when they launched the league. Um, they decided they didn't want players to get into the habit of body checking and then have to play internationally. Vigorously. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> there you go. You know it come to you. <laughs> so, as Cassie said, the IHF, double IHF, banned it in like 92, I want to say, for. The reasons that you laid out, Cassie. Yes, the old white men. And apparently some some of the higher-ups in the Swedish League have been pushing for the change at at the, you know, federation level for quite some time. But they've they've saw, you know, it wasn't moving the needle. They weren't getting any results. Um, And apparently this league has like a kind of a project aimed to, to... prevent concussions as much as you can. And one little interesting thing they sent in their press release that was therefore put into all the news stories you can Google about this is they've slowly been allowing more physical play in this, they want to say the last four seasons, but they've also seen a decrease in concussions at the same time. So it's like, rolling something in, allowing the players to adapt and change to something has led to positive results. Hmm. And so they're citing, you know, the players are coming up with better on ice awareness and they're already facing a bunch of contact. So this actually makes it 
easier to officiate games if you really think about it. Because what is the difference between body contact and a check? Well, some board battles, it's very subjective. I mean, Isn't it's supposed life, to be the, it's supposed to be, you can't line someone up and check them. That's basically the gist of it. That was what I was told. It was like, you can, you can push them around. You can like shoulder them out of the way. You can elbow them out of the way, which technically is actually body checking. But, uh, you cannot like take a run at them, line them up on the boards and hit them or mid ice hits. You can't do that either. That's that's what is called in women's hockey is body checking unless the referees are feeling very particular that day. Um, and so it's still a very physical game, but yes, that's what that's what's considered body checking in in women's hockey typically. All I know is I bet four years from now, uh, there will be better checking in this league than there will be in all of men's professional hockey. Mm-hmm. Probably already is. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> half the checks I see is, you know, you take your bottom hand off your stick and then you shove a guy in the shoulder and then you shove it into his chin just to push him into the boards. Instead of just using your hip and popping away from the play. But. Yeah, I still don't. I, <clears throat> we are not snakes. Where the head goes, the body doesn't necessarily always follow. Uh-huh. Especially when you're on, you know, ice skates. Where does the body follow? Where the hips go, you know? Oh, God. Okay, enough of my ranting. I had, I had, I had, I had enough of my ranting, you know, with the whole visor thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's, that's the next thing, right? Is that after, after they allow body checking, uh, in women's hockey, that's the next fight is face protection, right? Because again, I was told, oh well, we don't want we don't want pretty ladies getting scar their faces all scarred up, so they need to have full face protection. Yeah, because cracking the piece of metal or plastic and getting that jammed into their face isn't gonna, you know. Right, right. So, and the other problem too with that, of course, is if you have if you have a full face protection, then um, you can't see your feet. Unless you're looking down, and if you're looking down, then you're probably gonna not turn out. That's probably not gonna turn out very well. As, <laughs> as someone who still plays at a very, very, very terrible level, um, I would love to be able to go back and just wear a visor because it, it the level of vision, what I can see, is greatly improved. I just don't trust any of the dum-dums I play with and against. So I'm going to keep that pull cage on the rest of my life. And see, I think there you you have broached upon an interesting subtopic. Um, I played at a much higher level of skill and ability than a lot of the other people that I played against. Mm-hmm. And I never stepped foot on an inline rink 
or an ice rink without full face, full shin pads, knee pads, elbow. But when I was playing with those guys, because they are whirling dervishes, you have they are drunk whirling dervishes experiencing an acid trip because you never, ever know what the hell they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I had absolutely no problems whatsoever going out with just gloves and a helmet when um, especially playing inline, you know, with guys that were at or significantly above my level because I knew what I was going to get. It's just like driving, right? Mm-hmm. Take a professional race car driver and put him in a day-to-day routine or put him in a day-to-day traffic and they're going to go absolutely bonkers because everyone else around them is not doing things that would be expected of someone at that level. Mm-hmm. So, <sighs> well, my point with that is that yeah, there's a lot of talk of of you know women's hockey, quote unquote, not being good, right? And part of that is you have to take into consideration if the passes aren't on, they're lost in your feet, and if they're lost in your feet, you can't see your feet. <laughs> You know, so well, my my retort to that, Cassie, uh-huh. is generally I ask them if they ever watched a men's college hockey game. Right. Right. They have the same problem, right? Mm hmm. So. And you talk, you know, and all the all the men's players, the first thing they say, you know, not the first thing, but one of the things they say is, I'm, you know, I can finally see my feet or whatever without having to look straight down at them. Right. I, I don't know. I'm of two minds when it comes to full face protection, because, you know, watching the horrific injuries, I, I, I rewatched that crime in, in penalties the documentary about the Danbury trashers Mm. again last night. And I just think about the guy who lost his eye and, you know, and basically um, his, his rookie camp, a rookie camp game, you know, somebody was trying to back check him from behind and caught him, you know, again, because visors are useless because they only protect things coming at you. And, 90% 90% of hockey is played down below. Um, mm-hmm. A guy coming from behind him was trying to lift his stick, completely missed, and got the tip of the blade right in that eye and basically killed that eye. So I'm like, uh, you know, visors are just making things worse. If you're serious about protecting, then full face should be mandatory, regardless of what level. I, my problem... Yeah. Get over, get over losing stuff in your feet. My, my problem isn't that. My problem is there has to be a better way to make full face protection. Oh, I'm sure there is. And and what I'm saying by by proxy, not by proxy. God, I cannot. I I'm like regressing linguistically. Um, there's there has to be a forcing function, Cassie. Yeah. And I guarantee you that forcing, if you made it mandatory in the NHL, boy, howdy, there's your forcing function because 
guys like Drysaddle and McDavid and Crosby and those guys are going to say, we need to fix this. You know, let's figure out a way that we can make this to where I'm not having to, you know, bury my chin in my chest to see my feet. Especially the short guys, right? Who are like, yeah. got, you know, the taller guys are flailing around all elbows and they have their head down trying to look in their feet. Yeah, there'd be, there'd be a forcing function if it was mandatory at the NHL. Yeah. But of course, they'll just lean on a grandfathered rule, which won't allow for any innovation. Well, and that's the thing, though, is that in hockey, there is there there isn't a lot of innovation, right? I mean, you look at skates, and they're basically the same kinds of skates that were out 20 years ago. I might have to disagree a little there, but. The fit more or less, yeah. Updated, yeah. I mean, you know, but yeah. Um, there's, there's only so far you can go with put a boot on a deck and put a blade on it. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, construction of materials, weights. You know, the the replaceable blades, replaceable decks. Those yeah, that's, that's, about that's, that's about as far as you can. That's and that's about as far as you can go with put a boot on a deck with a blade on it. It's sort of like, how do I alter, how do I, how do I drastically improve a skateboard? Mm-hmm. It's a deck with wheels on it. <laughs> it's by definition, that's sort of peak of evolution. You know, materials, composition of the wheels, the trucks, and every, it's, okay, right. great. Right, and I, but, I completely agree with that. I, I'm just saying that, like, there are other parts of hockey gear that could be reevaluated and updated in some fashion. And one of those things besides the helmet, which is obvious because of concussions and such football is um, trying to figure that out on their end is, you know, what's a better, what makes a better helmet that will help against concussions. Um, although rugby studies have shown that no helmets is actually better because then you avoid mm-hmm. head hits, but that's another story entirely. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, so, so there are things that like can still be improved upon and I don't know if they're being improved upon, you know, things like face protection and, and, um, I don't know, other stuff. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I'm always, I'm the, I'm the, once everything is settled and everybody's doing their thing, I start thinking, okay, how can we improve upon this? <laughs> you know, I'm not the, okay, we're all good. We can just relax. This is fine. Everybody's, everything's taken care of. I am the, there's gotta be something we can do better. There's just gotta be, <laughs> this can't be the best yeah. it can be. That's where you uh, have to. That's where you have to weigh the change for the sake of change versus right change required change for evolution. Right. See, I should be an R and D. That's what my story is. And I think Enough. without a forcing function, it's just change for the sake of change. A wonderful or terrible experience. So you only we only get so much out of it. Sadly. Yeah, but hockey has a tendency, especially men's hockey, to because we promote we being the fans and the media and everybody in hockey that suffering means good things. You know, going through playing through injuries means you're tough. Or you know, struggling to like 
keep it all together at the end of a series when you're like mentally in pain because of whatever, then, you know, that's toughness. So, so there's a certain level of miserableness that is acceptable in hockey and even encouraged in some respects. Um, and so unless you get someone either from outside of hockey or someone up in, you know, coming someone younger who had different experiences from other people, it's all going to pretty much stay the same because there's going to be nothing to push change. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to take, it's going to take a forcing function, whether that forcing function is a massive lawsuit or you know, a massive lawsuit over injury, you know, and player safety or a star player, you know, being forced out of the game um, because of an injury of that type or a star player stepping up and saying, I'm retiring because I don't want to do this anymore because I'm too afraid or a, you know, there's, there's a litany, you know, like the odds of a star player coming up and, and stepping outside the bound and, you know, any, anybody wearing some revolutionary new face guard like a McDavid or Dreisaitl or an O'Reilly or a McKinnon or one of those guys wearing some revolutionary new face protection um, because they decided they wanted to causing a trend in the game. I don't think it's going to happen because don't cause waves. Right. Um, yeah. We're, we will never see another Jacques Plante. No. And I and I hearken back to the guys that first started showing up wearing the visors in the late '80s and early '90s, right? And may he never appear on TV again. But um, Joe Juno, not not Joe Juno, never appearing on TV again. He's fine. But when Joe Juno showed up with one, you know that that sort of had the fighter pilot look to it, right? It mm-hmm. was the you know the nose. Oh right, yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, yeah, it went down a little further on the cheeks and had you know the the rid- the aviator. Nose. Yes, the aviator. It's literally called an aviator. Thank still you. Still to this day. Um, you know, Don Cherry spent a good portion of his segment on Hockey Night in Canada that week. You know, talking about how he couldn't see his watch through that pane of glass, and that's why he was having issues. You know, with the with the Bruins, and I'm just going, oh God, shut your cake hole. <laughs> it, it's just like complaining at guys jerking their head when you know they're looking to quote unquote draw a high stick and call. No, if you've been hit by a stick in the face, it freaking hurts. And my natural inclination is when something's coming fast at me, I'm gonna jerk out of the way. Mm-hmm. And we've seen several cases of that so far this postseason, where certain commentators are saying one thing, certain commentators are saying a, another. And coincidentally enough, I believe it was Ryan Callahan who was like, "Look." Yes, you're trying to draw the call, but man, these things come at you fast and they hurt. Yeah, you're gonna move your face out of the way if you can avoid it at all costs. And I was like, thank you. Let's let's do a little social experiment. Let me walk up to you and throw a punch near your face. Right. And we'll see if I hit or not. It just depends. <laughs> it's a it's a fifty fifty on whether I'm gonna make contact. 
Right. You're going to have to trust that it's going to be the non-making contact side. Uh-huh. Oh, God, the commentary, the Brady Kachuk stuff. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would be sitting here wanting to absolutely lift, praise, laud, all the other words that I can't think of because my linguistic abilities have, have flown out the window today. The Kachucks. <laughs> Good God, does hockey need that? Mm-hmm. All the yep. way down to all the way down to Keith not wanting to throw his hat because it's from his favorite bar in in St. Louis. Right. <laughs> and even beyond that, he, he did the superstitious thing. Well, the team's like three and zero when I wear it, so I got to keep wearing it. Ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. God love that family. <laughs> and then the the Budweiser was it Budweiser? Yeah. Yeah. Budweiser yeah. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's let's back up here. We now have two professional NHL players that have um endorsement deals of some sort with Budweiser, one in the US and one in Canada, for basically showing up on TV trashed. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, would, such a, would, would such a deal be permitted in the new Arizona State Arena? No alcohol on campus. No alcohol on campus. Oh no, that's not a that's not an issue anymore. College arenas are allowing the sales of alcohol. Uh, <laughs> but but the advertisements and the marketing must be done in good taste. Boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine like the sporting events that I've gone to in my life at colleges with alcohol. It's just even more alcohol because everybody smuggled in their own. Um. <laughs> they have. Yeah. Alcohol has <laughs> been banned on college campuses here for quite some time. And I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've seen people nailed for DUI coming out of Husky Stadium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. I wonder if there's I wonder if there's an allegory about how banning something doesn't prevent it from happening. It just makes it illegal. I wonder if there's some correlation somewhere. Hmm. Hmm. There, there are studies I could quote, but they're probably not appropriate to hockey at this point in time. <laughs> it actually ends well, up things more and, dangerous. Yeah, hmm. and hockey is hmm. barely appropriate for hockey half the time. Poor Rob. Oh, God. Hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I was just like, People are actually, or media people are trashing the Kachucks for cheering on a family no, member. No, it was like <laughs> one individual, and it, as is the purview of this rinky-dink community, everyone jumps on it and makes it a bigger story than it actually is. Well, one, it's Canada. Two, it involves two Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. Three, it involves two Canadian teams who are in completely different places in their evolution. And four, somebody had fun. No, no, no. God, I did. I did. 
Five, it was an American player. Uh, and they were oh, having no, we fun in Canada. We don't, we don't, <laughs> no, 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 Pat. Never once has that ever been brought up. They are playing in Canada. By proxy, they are good Canadian boys. They are meant to be good Canadian boys. Mm-hmm. I just let it effing go. Who cares if he is the captain of the Ottawa Senators? That's his brother. I know, right? That's his, you know, the, go back to the whole contract negotiation with, with you know, with both of them. It's basically like you negotiate with one of us, you negotiate with all of us, including mom and dad and sisters and dog, you know. No problem with it. Let them have fun. Jesus, Mary. God, you people need to move south so you can not have winter nine months a year and stop being such miserable pricks. Oh, no, they'll find something to complain about, but they'll be a little less miserable. Yeah, I wouldn't count on that. People who are that miserable find things to be miserable about, regardless of where they're at. Yeah, so it's the old, you know, the the waiter walks up to him in the restaurant and says, Mr. Simmons, is anything all right? <laughs> Mr. Simmons. Mm-hmm. I just pulled a generic... <laughs> a generic <common>. name. <laughs> Western I mean, Europe-ish it has very now. few letters in it. Yeah. It's a common Western European type name mm-hmm. to find all over the place, <laughs> not just in media. <laughs> and while we're talking about that, um, I have to give another shout out to pissy boy Leon Dreisaitl who completely threw Mark Spector off his game yesterday in a press conference and came out wearing came out wearing a hat with just a K on it. And Spector had the um, <laughs> for some reason decided to ask him what the K meant and Leon just looked at him and said it's missing the F and the C. <laughs> <laughs> and Speck didn't know how to recover and basically Leon's like, that answer your question? Okay, next. <laughs> Yeah, he really needs to go to a bigger town so that gets more coverage. (laughs) But he can't get a job in a bigger town. I don't think we're talking about the same person. I was talking about Dreisaitl. I think think Dreisaitl can pretty much get a job in any hockey town he wants. Yeah. No, because he's not a good... Because, back to my other example, is he a good Canadian boy? No, I don't care. <laughs> he plays for a Canadian team, so therefore... A, by proxy. The, yeah, by proxy, supposedly, he's a good Canadian boy. No, I mean... Because, after all, Canada's teams haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1993. What? Is that true? When did this happen? This is new <laughs> no, right? It's so no, new no, and, yeah, like, yeah, unexpected. Yeah, <laughs> the response. The response to this is when somebody says, "When did this happen?" Your response is supposed to be 1993. Yes. <clears throat> I try not to do the obvious. I'm sorry. You know, sometimes the obvious is where it needs to land. Mm. Um. Hey, Pat. Yeah. How much time is there left in the podcast? <clears throat> 
One minute, one minute remaining in the podcast. <laughs> so for those of you who are not aware, I happen to be a very terrible beer league hockey player. And one of my teammates who coincidentally is also a terrible beer league hockey player is also uh, a PA announcer for one of the 32 NHL clubs. Um, I think you can guess whom it is. I should also point out that this individual also um, happens to do three stars of the game as a gimmick post game in our locker room each week. And when he's not there, on occasion, I will uh, step up and go, it's time to announce tonight's three stars of the game. <laughs> and I've gotten some some good chuckles out of guys because I, I can almost pull it off. Unfortunately, I was at a kid's birthday party earlier outside, so I'm a little parched. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. You're not in peak form. That's okay. That's And that's quite all right. Yes. You know? But I put the effort in. And that's Pat, damn it. That's what we expect. You Effort know, is as, what matters. As as a team, we only ask that every one of us bring, you know, the best effort, even if we're not feeling it. That way we as a team can can, you know, get get quotes in deep. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna grind out conversation quid, in the corner. Quid? Is that how we can pronounce it? Yeah. Quotes in deep. We get we get so, a quote. we need a stat for that. So quid pro quo. Quid, quid pro what would be the stat name? Um, I'm thinking way too much about this. My life will <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, I tell you what, we'll workshop it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna practice. You know, we're gonna we're obviously gonna look at you know we're gonna look at this segment tomorrow morning. Um, you know, we'll we'll review it as a team, and you know, we'll make adjustments. You know, that's that's. That's 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 important, you know. We gotta we gotta find ways. We to We need make to review the recording first. That's yeah, just, you know, yeah. we'll we'll sit down and review, you know, go over segments. Well, we we will finally get our two and a half hours of sleep sometime after three thirty local time, just to make sure we have all ankles covered. That you said ankles. <laughs> And not Who says I did it? <laughs> and that is one of the things I will. That's one of the things I will make sure I review this evening when it some ungodly hour, and I will listen to that clip forty-five times and uh, probably draw way too many conclusions from a you know soft pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I, as as the uh, as the low man on the totem pole, <laughs> the dead weight that you guys are dragging, <laughs> we'll just come back and, and and do what I'm told. I know I could. Three B Three Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Three B Three Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.